Hello, it's Tony and Selena here with episode five of Shit Gets Real. You know what we're talking about today? Real estate myths. There are so many. Yeah, there are a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our team, Courtney and Laura, came up with some of these questions, um, possibly because they've been posed, you know, through sure. our social media or, you know, buyers that we talked to or things like that had had ideas or, or thought they knew, you know, things, but they turn out they're just myths. And we're going to play. So we're myth busters. Yes, we are myth busters. Real today. estate myth busters. <laughs> so the first one is um, what's the first one? The first one is getting a pre approval after you find a home. Oh my gosh. So I actually just recently went through this on one of my listings. We got a call, um, and lovely, they were lovely people that were interested in this house. However, they were um, out of out of state, and they were only here for a day. Mm-hmm. Well, I so I ask the normal questions: Did you have you spoken to a lender? Do you have a pre-approval? You know all that fun stuff. You know your your um, qualification questions. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't need a pre-approval because we last time we, we tried to get one, it was for 500000 so we're fine. We can definitely afford this house. And I'm like, well, you know, this, you know, the seller is requesting that, you know, all pre-approved buyers, blah, blah, blah. Do you have a lender I can call? Yada, yada, yada. Anyways, as I go through the conversation, well, we just bought a house six months ago. Mm-hmm. We spent $500,000 on that house. You see, so you're kind of like, yeah. you tick all these things off your box and you're like, okay. Basically, they just want to see the house because it's a pretty house, they're not interested in buying it uh, right now. Uh-huh. So as a listing agent, yeah. as listing agents, that's what we're, our job is, is to protect the seller. We not just have looky-loos, right? We're not. It's kind of an unspoken uh-huh. rule. Um, it's a, a level of professional respect, mm-hmm. I would say. So it's not a, a rule. And sometimes listing agents can state that where a pre-approval letter or a proof of funds is required before you can even sure. schedule a showing. I mean, we've seen that, and we've even had sellers who have required that. Mm-hmm. But what, it goes without saying that your expectation is that your peers in the industry are not running around people who can't actually buy houses. But that doesn't mean a few won't slip through. It, right. And my question to them was, okay, so if I if I meet you there tomorrow and I show you the house at 5 o'clock and you love it, and you say your wife starts crying and, like, this is the one, what, what are you prepared to do? Well, mm-hmm. you know, and that's... Yeah. You just was like, eh, I'm sorry. You know? So a pre-approval, it's kind of like to be your real estate agent. I committed to that, and I took this silly, well, these classes, and a pretty hard test. And I have to continue education, and I have to abide by, you know, rules of ethics. And um, I, there's all these commitments that I make to do what sure. I do. And we ask for one from a buyer. Show your commitment by getting a pre-approval. Mm-hmm right? It shows that you're honestly wanting to look at a house. It shows the seller of the house you want to buy that you can actually buy Buy it. it. You know, there's a lot of reasons to do that. Not getting into our reasons for wanting someone to have a pre-approval that have to do with safety. Right. Right. I mean, we don't know, you know, you could be a mass murderer. Could happen. All right. So getting a PA after finding a home, you know, it's just, it's, I wouldn't, I don't know if that's a myth. But it's just not smart. It's kind of like, let's think of some other things that you just wouldn't do before the other. Oh, I'm so bad at this game. You're good at this game. I'm, I suck at, like, riddles. Well, the first one that comes to mind is kind of gross. Okay. You wouldn't wipe your ass before you pooped. No. Would no? You? Unless there's leftover poop from last time. <laughs> 
I don't know. What's um, another one? Okay, okay, okay. Would you, you curl your hair before you wash it? No. See, you're good at this. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to think of like Oreos and teeth, right? Like, what would you do? You wouldn't brush your teeth and then eat Oreos, but a lot of people do. So I'm awful at this. Keep going. One more. We got one, one more. more. Um, you wouldn't put your car in drive to go in reverse. Oh. You wouldn't go that way when you want to go that way. She's good. I'm telling you. Okay. All right. So that's what a pre-approval is. It's like, come on, people. There's a process. You know, so As, don't, don't find the house first and then get pre-approved because in the time it takes you to get pre-approved, that house is gone in this market. And it's what Courtney didn't have never heard the saying, the cart before the horse. Uh-huh. Remember? Okay. That's whoop, definitely whoop. cart before the horse. <laughs> All right. So another uh, common real estate myth, selling a for sale by owner saves the seller money. Ooh. And my soapbox on this one. Go girl. All right. Well. If you're a for sale, by, for sale by owner, then the buyer automatically, they know you're not paying broker fees. Mm -hmm. So they want a discount on the house. Mm -hmm. You're not paying for an agent, so you can afford to sell it to us for less, mm -hmm. right? It, it almost always happens, not 100% of the time, but a very high percentage of the time, that hiring a real estate agent, they actually get more for your house, enough to pay for themselves, mm -hmm. yep. right? So you want to be a for sale by owner, you know, that's great. I mean, I, you know, I've. Well, it's, it's one of those things where you, we've met plenty of people that have said, I've, oh, I've never used an agent. I've always sold it myself and it's worked out fine for mm -hmm. them. Right. You're, there'll always be those people. Yeah. No matter what, what industry, somebody will do it themselves and they've always done that themselves and it works. But are they actually leaving money on the table? Probably. Yeah. Probably. And there are those, I mean, it's kind of like somebody who says, I, I built my own dining room table. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, I, there's some people who can build their own dining room table, mm -hmm. but not everybody should do that. No. That's a good thing. You're good, <laughs> you're good at this right now. <laughs> All right. So number three on common myths, common real estate myths, agents getting kickbacks from lenders, inspectors, or vendors in general. Do you know what? I've been in the business so long that there was a time. Really? You'd get a kickback? I don't know if I'd call it a kickback. That's kind of a Should really Should we do ugly a disclaimer? Word. Kickbacks are bad. Yeah. Kickbacks are wrong. But back then, the title company that I worked with back then, and back then would have been 2002-ish, 2003, okay. because the rule changed during that time frame, they could contribute to like our marketing. So say back then print media was a big thing. We oh. always had you know two-page spreads mm -hmm. and a real estate magazine thing or whatever for our listings and you know they would put their ad on there and mm -hmm. they contribute to that and then it became a no-no rule really they could not do that yeah mm -hmm. just title companies so title companies was the main one but i think also lenders got there's some particular rules there okay. i think it's respa okay i think it's respa rules and um what does respa stand for I Google know it. Courtney, I know. Google it's RESPA. It's like real, real residential. No, it's um, regu regulation. Google that. <laughs> real Estate Settlement Procedures Act oh. of 1974 is RESPA. Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act. That is definitely a, the type of question you would have on a real estate exam. Yes. So kickbacks, no, I mean, you can't. You really, really can't. And as a matter of fact, the rule is if, for example, let's say, for example, that we recommended 
um, and, and inspectors, a, a list of inspectors, which we do. Mm-hmm. We do have a list of inspectors that we've worked with and we like and trust. If we, if we were going to make any money off of that, we have to disclose it to the parties, right? So Home Team Inspection Service is one of the ones on our list. If uh, Mr. Ackerman, who owns Home Team Inspection Service, threw us 50 bucks every time we got him an inspection, we would have to disclose that in writing to the buyer. They'd have to acknowledge that before they hired that person. You know, it's a question um, that's come up before with our list, and jokingly, Somebody will say, "Oh, what do you get back? What do you get for recommending them?" And they don't really believe me when I'm nothing. I don't yeah. get anything from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on! Why would you recommend somebody if you're not getting anything? Well, because they provide good service yeah. to our clients, and we know you'd be in good hands. But a lot of people have a hard time understanding, and it might be the mentality. Maybe it's old school where when they used to give kickbacks. Well, I mean, like. If they gave you 50 bucks, like, what can you buy with 50 bucks? I've never been lucky enough to get a kickback from anybody. Okay? <laughs> you know, and then the ones who do offer that kind of thing, like, um, there's a security system company that'll be like, you know, oh, yeah. hey, we'll send you a $100 gift card every time you sign up. A, even that, if we did that, which we don't utilize that program, mm-hmm. but if we did, we would need to disclose that. I mean, simply, we have to disclose any way that we're making money off our client's back something to do with what they're doing and we're making money off of that, we have to disclose it. That's right. All of our commissions are on the final settlement statement. They see that. Mm-hmm. It's Everything is transparent. Pretty transparent, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So another one, two, three, four. Number four of common real estate myths is agents make tons of money. Woo. Well, they can. They can. Yeah, I mean... I mean, real estate is a phenomenal career, but it takes a certain type of person who can live off commission-only income, mm-hmm. right? Commission-only income, it's almost like the higher the risk, the more money you'll make in anything in life, whether you're investing it, you're in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. I don't care. The higher the risk, the more you're going to make. And with the commission-only uh, pay system, that's definitely very risky. I mean, if you have a down month and you have no closings, guess what? You have you no income, don't right? Don't have any money, and you so it's ramen. very hard, and it's very hard for a single-income family. You, you know, like um, say you have a single man, man. you know, and he's uh, wants to be a real estate agent. You know, how's he going to? What's he going to do if he's the only source of income and he has a down month? Well, and most most of the time, if somebody wants, I don't know why. And I, I should take this as a compliment. A lot of my clients really want to get into real estate after they close. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So now I start with, okay, you should probably have at least six months in savings before, if, you know, if it's a single income. Yes. If that person is the, the sole breadwinner yeah. and wants to make a change, because it's not easy. Well, and yeah. what the, the great part about it is there's no ceiling, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you can make as much money as you want but you there's hard work well it's paid by performance mm-hmm. which is my favorite kind of pay right because for me if you're on a salary or an hour, hourly wage there's always like there's always a ceiling on that position like that position is always ever going to pay max this amount so for the first one two three four five years you're working for that company you might be getting towards that goal but then ultimately you're at the ceiling so what do you do there you just settle in for the rest of your life yeah. at that salary so paid by performance is my favorite way to get paid because the more work that we do, 
the more that we invest in the company, the more that we grow the company is the more money that we make. Yep. And we're Leos. Yep. So we're very oriented Stubborn. in that. We, you know, <laughs> we're very competitive in we're that way. a hole sometimes. Um, okay, so well, let's, let's see. talk a little bit more about that one. Oh, you want more money? What was it? Agents make tons of money. Oh, so, no, I wanted to touch base on what you said about having six months worth of money. So, like Selena said, you need to have about six months worth of income saved in the bank. Becoming a real estate agent is starting a business. Mm -hmm. If you were going to open a coffee shop, you would have some working capital. If you're going to become a real estate agent, you've got to have some working capital. Unless you find a really good team, you can join them, they can give you leads, and you can get started as a buyer agent or a... Yeah. You know, listing agent on a team, that's ideal. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the next one is a uh, common real estate myth is list the house for hire when you first put it on the market. Well, because, sellers always mm-hmm. think that because they, they believe 100% that they're going to get haggled on the price. It's like putting something on Facebook Marketplace. I'm going to list it for 100 because I know I'll ultimately, now, ultimately get 70. Okay, so... What's going to happen? You come to my house and I want to list my house for four seventy. You tell me it's worth four twenty, mm-hmm. and but we list it at four seventy. What's going to happen? Well, the thing is, is that even though the market is hot and it's a seller's market and buyers are clamoring for houses, they are not going to overpay like that. If they choose to overpay because they're in the frenzy of a multiple mm-hmm. offer situation, you might get that amount. Sure, but if you start the bidding there. Right, and that's kind of what it's like putting a house on the market today. That list price is almost the starting bid. That's right. If you make that so high that there's no room for those uh, potential buyers to bid, to bring it up, to make promises and commitments mm-hmm. to the price, then you're really you're biting off your own nose to spite your face. And that's in this market right now, our seller's market. If we're in another market, you're going to get zero showings. Zero. You're going to get zero activity, and you're going to come to Tony and say, how come I'm not getting any showings? Yeah. And she's going to be like, well, do you remember? Uh, where I wanted to list it at, and lo and behold, you lower that that price, you're going to start seeing some activity. Again, that's a different market yeah. than what we're talking about, than, yeah. than what we're in right now. But it it's just um, price has everything to do with it. People are not stupid, mm-hmm. and they do their research, and if they're working with a good agent, that agent is not stupid yeah. and knows their stuff and is going to advise their client. Right, right. Accordingly. So I would say no, don't do that. Price it to market, and you're probably going to end up getting the number that you ultimately Uh really want if it's negotiated right and if you have agents like us. Okay, so our last one, never offer full price, which is kind of – it's funny because Tony hit it on the head when now this market – it is a starting bid, the list yeah. price. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're, you're not going to offer full price. You're going to go over that. You're going to exceed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by thousands. Come on, people. It's just not the way the market goes. You know, mm-hmm. you have to find a real estate agent that you can trust. The agent needs to earn your trust, obviously. But if you ask some hard questions and they can, they can intelligently answer mm-hmm. them. If they tell you, based on X market that we're in you know, today's market, 10 years ago, 10 years from now, whatever market you're in, a smart agent's going to know how your, your strategy. Yep. And today's strategy is no. I mean, you're literally wasting our time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting everybody's time writing an offer that's below list unless the house has been on the market a long time. Right. You know, say the seller was one of those people we were just talking about and they listed way too high. 
and they didn't sell. And in our market, if you're on the market for like 10 days and you <laughs> haven't had a, a contract, time. there's like something wrong with the house, <laughs> yeah. right? So um, in a chance like that, you might can mm -hmm. offer less. I mean, just let your agent uh, figure it out, but trust what they say. Mm -hmm. So that's it for our uh, common real estate myths. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have. Uh, that oh. shit ain't going to work, though. Ooh. Oh, I forgot. Okay. And this feature is not present. Our own buyer agent, Donna Anello. Round of applause. So Donna Anello is not just a buyer agent. She's actually also a listing agent on our team. Yeah. And she recently, you know, she has a contract. It's under contract. And that buyer agent, not Donna, the one who wrote the contract, put in there in the contract that the buyer would pay $35,000 over appraised value. <laughs> did so the sales price is 517. That's the contract price. But did it? <laughs> I'm laughing. It's not funny, but I feel bad. That he No, don't feel no, bad. No, I, I I feel happy for the seller, uh -huh. but I feel bad for the buyer. Anyway, go so ahead. I told Donnie yesterday, I said, "Okay, now you know that we've taught you that anytime you learn a lesson in real estate, it likely costs you money. And you have to think of it as, I just paid for a big ass class. Yeah. Right? That just cost me $500, but I learned something and I will never make that mistake That's again. That's right. This <laughs> mistake might cost that buyer agent his entire commission, but I bet you a month's worth of coffee. I'd give up coffee for a month if I was wrong. He'll never ever do that again. Make that mistake again. You always have to have a cap price. And these agents are writing these these contracts and putting the stuff in there just to get the deal. And now that you know what that buyer's paying for that house? Five hundred and forty five thousand dollars. Wow. Anyway. I bet you uh the sellers will forever refer Donna. <laughs> you need to sell your house to go to Donna. Well, no, that saying. shit does work for our team, for but us, that shit yeah. ain't going to work for that buyer. Uh, yeah. They, they messed up. Mm -mm. Bad. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Yes, all those places. All of them. All right. All right, that's it. We will see you next time on, on Shit Gets Real. Real.